Do you wonder what matters for fact fluency? That's what we're talking about today on episode 72 of Honest Math Chat. Let's get to it. This is Honest Math Chat, and I'm Mona Eel of Mona Math. I'm a former math avoider turned math teacher cheerleader, and I'm going to get real honest with you about math classroom culture, engagement, math discussions, and all the student-centered instructional practices to help you empower your students to love and understand math deeply. So every Monday on Honest Math Chat, we're going to work together to make our classrooms places where students see themselves as mathematicians. But let's not wait. If you're ready to engage every learner and get them pumped about math, you've got to use math discussions. I welcome you to download the guide to engaging math discussions right now. Go to monamath.com slash discussions. You'll get all my best tips on how to guide on the side while getting every child meaningfully engaged in discussing their math thinking. Has this ever been you? You're ready to start a new unit, excited by the planning you've done, the task you've chosen. You've got a good mix of rigor and you're ready. And then everything comes to a screeching halt when you realize that your students don't know their facts. You wonder how you will be able to proceed if they can't recall their simple multiplication facts, facts they should have learned and mastered years ago. And then you decide to pause on your unit and spend a few weeks teaching fluency. I've been there. Have you? I've watched countless teachers do the same thing. We know that fact fluency is important. I mean, I can't imagine a world where students have no fact knowledge and rely solely on their phones. However, they do carry their phones with them everywhere. But what I really can't imagine is a world where students don't know how to problem solve or reason, but they have their eights facts memorized. I'm not trying to downplay the importance of fluency. In fact, I agree that it is essential to success in higher math. However, it is one aspect of math proficiency. In fact, It comes after students have conceptual understanding, when they have strategic competence and can reason abstractly. This is a position statement from NCTM, National Council of Teachers of Mathematics. I'm going to read it. Here we go. Procedural fluency can be accomplished only when fluency is clearly defined and intentionally developed. Unfortunately, The term continues to be incorrectly interpreted as remembering facts and applying standard algorithms or procedures. Procedural fluency is the ability to apply procedures efficiently, flexibly, and accurately to transfer procedures to different problems and contexts, to build or modify procedures from other procedures, and to recognize when one strategy or procedure is more appropriate to apply than another. Okay, that was a lot, but don't worry, we're going to break it down. So if this is how we're going to define fluency or procedural fluency, then how do we actually teach it? It's definitely not through time tests and simple fact memorization games and worksheets. 
Instead, it is through experiences to explore and problem solve. So let's break it down. That position statement from NCTM said four things about what fluency is. Number one is to apply procedures efficiently, flexibly, and accurately. This is a time where we can teach students to do this in number talks, in games, where they can take their procedures that they know and make decisions about what is effective and efficient and be flexible in their use of them. The next thing that position statement named was students are able to transfer procedures to different problems. This is why we do two of the same problem during Word Problem Workshop. So Word Problem Workshop is the daily routine for problem solving where students grapple or productively struggle with one open word problem. Then we share student strategies that are selected by the teacher to achieve a learning target. And then students engage in a discourse about those strategies and models. This procedure, sorry, this program or workshop is what I'm trying to say, word problem workshop, this allows our students to see procedures that are successful in their work and their, their peers' work and then transfer them to the next problem. So after students go through that process of launch, grapple, discuss, the last step is reflect. They reflect on what was successful, what worked, and then they solve another problem. This works on helping students transfer procedures to different problems. Also, the third thing that that position statement said was to build procedures from other procedures. Math discussions help students notice patterns. When students are noticing that doubling and halving works, they might start to notice that near doubling and halving works or near doubles, right? Do you know about this? So when we know 8 plus 8 is 16, a student can then take that procedure and say, well, if 8 plus 8 is 16, then I know 7 plus 8 is one less, so that must be 15. Building procedures from other procedures helps students become fluent. When we help students notice patterns through math discussions, they can do this more easily and more effectively. The fourth thing that the position statement said that fluency was, was to recognize when one strategy is more appropriate to apply than another. A lot of times in the beginning of the school year, and then again throughout, when we encounter new content or different problem types, my class's discussion is centered around what is efficient and what is effective. So during Word Problem Workshop, I might choose one student whose strategy was correct and worked, but wasn't efficient, and another student who also did a strategy that worked and is correct but was way more efficient. Then our students will have a discussion about which one of these was effective, huh? both. Which one of these was efficient and why? And then students will start to justify their reasoning, right? Saying this one was more efficient because blah, 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 blah. This allows students to start to recognize when to apply appropriate strategies. 
So as we support our students in developing procedural fluency, we can use our instructional practices to give them those opportunities to practice, to build conceptual understanding that leads to procedural fluency. We can help students notice, wonder, tinker, and find patterns. So take, for example, math talks. This is where you give your students a problem string or a series of four to five different problems that are just numbers. And students solve them in their head mentally while sitting at the carpet without any materials. So mental math. Then after they've solved the problem, you ask students to share their thinking and you write it up on the whiteboard. After you've gotten several strategies written up on the whiteboard, you start to ask your students to notice patterns, notice similarities, notice what students did. This helps your students find ways that are more efficient and effective while also noticing patterns between certain strategies. As I mentioned earlier, word problem workshop and math discussions give an excellent opportunity for students to not only notice, but tinker. During productive struggle time, or what I call grapple time, our students are tinkering. They're trying things out. They're wondering, will this work? I saw this yesterday. I wonder if it'll work here. Then they're starting to notice patterns in their work and in others' work. And all of that goes toward developing their procedural fluency. Now, I also want to say games. Games are something that we have historically used in classrooms to build engagement in our students. And I'm not saying games don't work. I think your students have to be at a certain place for games to work properly. Games like flashcards or roll two dice and multiply them. Those types of games, we really need our students to be at a place where they have conceptually practiced and thought about the concept of multiplication enough times for that to be effective practice. There are lots of games, though, that help your student build conceptual understanding. So looking for games where students are modeling the equation, where they are manipulating the numbers with hands-on materials, where students are asked to explain their thinking or analyze their partner's work in the game. Those are the games that will help build your students' procedural fluency. Okay, so how are you going to teach fluency this year? I have three ideas for what you should include as you're starting to think about teaching fluency. Make sure you are including opportunities for students to interact with math in context. Sometimes they're referred to as naked numbers, numbers and problems that have no context, it's just the numbers. Let's avoid that and start giving students opportunities to practice the math, the procedures, in context. This gives them way more things to talk about. If we can talk about the baskets of nail polish at the pedicure place and how many baskets there were and how many different colors of nail polish were in them, that gives us a context we can talk about without just thinking about 6 times 15. Instead, it becomes there were six baskets and there were 15 different colors in each basket. How can we figure that out? How many were there? How many choices did I have? Do you see the difference? <laughs> so number two, 
is giving your students opportunities to discuss their thinking and then draw those connections between their thinking and others. When students have an opportunity to discuss, that's when they really start to develop all those skills that we want them to have as mathematicians. So building in time for discussions, discussions that focus on what is efficient and what is effective. That's my number three tip on how you're going to teach fluency this year is focus your discussions on was that an efficient strategy or was that an effective strategy? Thinking about those two questions can really help your students develop their procedural fluency. And if you want to learn more about a fluency system that's student-centered and it allows you to check in on where students are in their progression through the fluency standards, check out my training. I just did it. It's called... um, student-centered fluency system, and you can check out all the details at monamath.com slash fluency. And that is a fluency assessment system so that you can really do some quick checks into where your student's at. But hopefully today on this podcast, you've noticed that it's not just about assessing where students are. It's about giving them these opportunities to really explore the concepts and start to notice those patterns. We do that in our daily word problem workshop, one where students grapple with a task, discuss their thinking, and compare their reasoning with that of others in the math discussion. So if you're interested in word problem workshop and learning more about that, visit monamath.com slash WPW, stands for word problem workshop, and you can get all the details on that. I have a whole teacher training um, that'll walk you through the steps and how to plan and facilitate that transformational routine that is just, it's, it just takes me back. I love it so much. It changed everything for me, as I'm sure you've heard me talk about. But I wish you all the luck as you are going back to school and planning for a new year. Don't let fluency be the thing that stops you in your tracks. Have a system and have a plan for it. Well, that was your dose of Honest Math Chat for today, friend. Thanks so much for listening. It would mean so much to me if you subscribed, shared this podcast with your friend, or leave a comment. (laughs) If you have not downloaded my free guide that I made in response to the questions you have all about engaging your students in math discussions, go grab it, monamath.com slash discussions. And if you have other questions that I haven't answered, shoot me a DM on Instagram at hellomonamath. I can't wait to chat more with you next week. Remember, we're here every Monday. I'm always listening on my way to work. When do you listen? See you soon, friends.